We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is an interesting situation because Notre Dame finds itself in a very unique situation at quarterback. And the situation is for right now, you're good for the 2023 season, barring injury. You're good. Sam Hartman's a really good quarterback and you've got six games here now moving forward to really uh, get him rolling offensively. He hasn't been turned loose the way that he needs to the last two games. Right now, Sam Hartman's actually on pace for under 3,000 yards for the regular season. That needs to change. He needs to get going, and that's more of a coaching thing than it is a Sam Hartman thing. And it's also, a, a, you know, he threw for 197 yards. It was 197, 190-something yards against uh, Tennessee State in the halftime. He didn't play. He would have thrown for 400 yards that game if he'd have played the whole game. So he's he's obviously your guy for this year. And you look at your recruiting in recent seasons, and Notre Dame has really stepped up its recruiting at, at quarterback. And, and this is the funny thing, and I, I've made this comment a couple times, but it, it really is really is fascinating because there's two realities that we all have to embrace about Marcus Freeman's tenure as the head football coach at Notre Dame. That to me uh, make it make it just um just a really fascinating. Uh, discussion and 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 here's the two realities number one i would argue no position has seen a bigger upgrade on the recruiting trail since marcus freeman took over than quarterback i'm not ready to say that they've recruited quarterback better than every other position although you could make that argument you could absolutely make that argument in my opinion i'm simply going to say that no position, because this is one I think is is not really debatable. You could say that no position has seen a bigger upgrade on the trail from where it was in recent seasons than quarterback. And and so I'm, I, I think that's an impressive fact. It's we and it's been with now two coaches. Obviously, Tommy Reese uh, played a role in getting Kenny Minchie to Notre Dame, and a huge role in getting CJ Carr to Notre Dame. Gino Gadulli's done a good job in keeping in, in, in CJ Carr here, uh, but obviously 
you know, he was here, he was committed before, but then Gino go, coach Goduli goes out and gets a huge win on the recruiting trail uh, by getting Deuce Knight at quarterback. And that's a huge commitment because he's got tons of talent, tons of potential. He's had a very weird junior year. I'm going to show some of his, uh, some of his highlights from an earlier game this year before he went back to te- uh, Mississippi uh, against IMG, where I was very impressed by what I saw from Deuce in that game against, uh, against one of the best high school teams in the country. And, and so it, he, that's a great win, but you look at the current situation and you, you look at the 2024 season and, and Notre Dame is sort of in a, it's a, it's a win now mode. Right. And, and it's, it's not, a, they're not a team that should be in a situation, especially with Marcus Freeman going into his third year where it's, um, Hey, look, uh, you know, it's year three, but um, you know, we're, we're, we're just going to kind of take this year and, and, and uh, just be okay. Cause we're going to, we're going to sacrifice this season to develop a young quarterback. That's what we're going to do. You can't do that, but you also can't get into the mode where you just automatically look for the portal guy. Cause this is an argument that some people have made. Well, you know, you can't set, you can't set, you can't take the risk of developing a young quarterback. Well, if you're going to take that stance, then basically what you're doing is you're guaranteeing that the portal is the only way to go from now until eternity, because every quarterback at some point in time is an unproven player. You've got to take some level of a chance on. Jameis Winston was that way before he played. Tim Tebow was that way before he played. Bryce Young was that way before he played. Trevor Lawrence was that way before he played. At some point in time, you've got to say, hey, we've got this really talented kid. We've got to develop him and coach him up, and we've got to give him that chance to go out there and play. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And, and so I get the mindset of you don't sacrifice seasons to develop players. Totally on board with that. 
but I but I also believe that you can't just go through life and and as a as a program and say, hey, we can't put an inexperienced quarterback out there against our schedule because we can't guarantee we're going to win. You have to be willing to recruit the right players. You have to be willing to develop those players, and then you have to show some faith in those players. And and that's where Notre Dame is going to have to be. But it is a legitimate question about is it next year that you show that faith or is it 2025 that you show that faith? And that's where I think the argument can get very interesting because like for me, I'll say this. I don't I think CJ Carr mentally is a kid that could play as a freshman. Will CJ Carr be ready physically as a freshman? I don't know the answer to that but I'm not betting against him. I also am very high on Kenny Minchie. You all know this. I had Kenny Minchie as a top 100 player in high school when he was still committed to Pitt way before we thought Notre Dame had any shot with him. Uh, So he's a kid that I think has a ton of potential. Deuce Knight has the highest ceiling of a quarterback that Notre Dame has landed in in a while. But then you have to ask the question of, do you, are you willing to take a gamble either on a redshirt freshman at Kenny Minchie who may only have two career pass attempts by that point in time, uh, or a true freshman in C.J. Carr who will have zero career pass attempts at that time, or do you go to the portal? And I don't think it's an easy answer. I, I know some people think it's an easy answer. Oh, you go to the portal. It's a no-brainer. You have to. You can't take a risk. Okay, that's that sounds great on a message board, but that that's not necessarily a practical uh, way to build your team. And you say, well, um, Lincoln Riley does it. Well, Lincoln Riley can get away with it because of what he's developed. And the reality is, is for all the people that like to point out how many transfer quarterbacks he had success with, you got to remember, he didn't take those guys as graduates. He took Baker Mayfield when he had like three years of eligibility left in college. He took, uh, he was a, wasn't, Baker was a three-year starter at Oklahoma. And again, this is pre-COVID, so it's not like Baker had a COVID year. You know, Baker Mayfield started for three years at Oklahoma. He was not a guy that just went there and, and uh, you know, had was a senior. He'd established himself. You know, Baker had played at, at Texas Tech the two, two years before and then had to sit out a year in redshirt, threw for 2,300 yards and 12 touchdowns and nine picks. But he was a guy that developed there. Uh, Kyler Murray is a guy that was a freshman at Texas A&M, uh, played, started some games, and then – transferred to, to Oklahoma, sat behind Baker Mayfield for a couple seasons, and then took over as a starting quarterback. It was not a situation where where Caleb uh, uh, Kyler Murray played somewhere else, developed somewhere else, came in as a fifth-year guy and started. He was developed there. He was in the next – he was in the line of secession. The only true transfer that he's taken like that, he's had one. And that is Jalen Hurts because there was no line of secession. The next year he goes out and he's got Spencer Rattler. And then the next year who he recruited, the next year he's got Caleb Williams who he recruited. And then you look at what he's done at USC. He had a transfer, but it's a transfer he recruited. The perception is completely different. So there is not a perception that that, that Lincoln Riley is just going to keep replacing you with, with transfer quarterbacks. That's not the reality of how he got his transfer quarterbacks. He's done that once. So and also he's developed what three number one picks will 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 most likely be three number one picks after Caleb Williams whenever Caleb Williams comes out. 
I see Baker Mayfield's number one pick, Kyler Murray's number one pick, Jalen Hurts was number two pick. And uh and let's be honest, Jalen Hurts got drafted that high more so by what he did developing as a passer at Oklahoma than what he did at Alabama. And and so to me, just big picture, no context, it's not an easy answer. Here's the other part of this conversation that makes it more challenging and changes the dynamic. Too many of us, when we have this conversation, we're still living in the reality of a four-team playoff. And in a four-team playoff, you're almost forced, if you're Notre Dame, to go get a transfer quarterback because you cannot afford to lose the opener to Texas A&M. You can't. And if when you've got USC coming up and some of the other challenging games, you can't necessarily do that. You have to we have to get, put our best foot forward as a team. And the last time Notre Dame went with a young, unproven quarterback situation, it bit them in the butt hard, and that was 2022. However, they're in a much better situation now, and at least they will be in 2024 when CJ Carr shows up to where the talent level's better. Steve Angeli is going to be a junior by then. Kenny Mitchell will be a redshirt sophomore, and he's got more, way more talent than Drew Pine, and he's he's a much more natural passer than Tyler Buckner, although Tyler Buckner's obviously a more dynamic player. But Kenny's a much more natural passer than Tyler was. And then you'll have C.J. Carr, who's a significantly better prospect than Drew Pine was and is a significantly better passer than Tyler Buckner was coming out of high school. So they're different players than what Notre Dame had last year. But again, I go back to the point of there's it's next year begins the 12-team playoff, which means you can afford to maybe catch an early season L if you think that the development will allow you by October to win big, that's the question. So then you get into a situation of, okay, do you go get a tra- a portal guy? Cause I think they will go to the portal one way or the other. Do you go to a portal guy that you say, Hey, listen, you're a veteran guy. We like you. You're going to be a leader. You're going to come in here and compete, but we're going to give these young guys every chance in the world to be the starter. Maybe it's, they start game one. Maybe you start in game one, and we're going to kind of do the Trevor Lawrence, Kelly Bryant thing where we're going to bring him along slowly, but once he's ready, he's the guy. And I think Trevor Lawrence's first start in college, I believe, was game four or five. Uh, I'm actually going to go look that up because it was actually against uh, it was against Syracuse back in 2018, so it was game five. Kelly Bryant started the first four games that year. Trevor Lawrence started game five, and then he got knocked out of that game and the backup quarterback had to come off the bench and, and rally him to uh, – Chase Bryce had to come off the bench and rally them to a victory. And then, of course, the rest is history. Trevor has a great year, and they win a national championship. But there was a plan to bring him along slowly behind a veteran. Do you do that with a Steve Angeli? Do you do that with a Kenny Minchie if you think C.J. Carr's the guy? Uh, do you do that with Steve Angeli if you think Kenny Minchie or C.J. Carr's the guy? That's a different question. Or do you bring a portal guy in – let the young guys know what the plan is and then start your portal guy until he gets there. Or is there a portal guy that makes it worth it? And that to me is, is this is where I'm at. I believe Notre Dame should bring a portal quarterback in next year. I'm not yet certain on what type of portal quarterback this should be for two reasons. Number one, I, I've said this before. I'm going to stick with it, so I'm not going to belabor the point. And it's hard for me. You all know that. But if it, it depends on Kenny Minchie's development. If Kenny Minchie really takes a jump between now and December, 
and you think that give me a spring and this kid could be ready to take over, then you roll with the kid you have. And you, if you go to the portal, you're bringing a veteran that's going to be just a backup, you know, just in case type of player. And and I'm fine with that because between Kenny and Steve Angeli and CJ Carr, if C, if Kenny makes that big jump, I'm comfortable with where Notre Dame is because Kenny can be that guy. And if Kenny falters, you either have Steve Angeli, who's the solid veteran who can take over until CJ Carr is ready. Or you get a portal guy to be that guy. The other part is if Kenny doesn't develop, then you almost have to go to the portal for a starter. If you don't have faith in Kenny Minchie taking a jump between December and September or really late August of next year, then the reality is, is you've got to go to the portal because you can't assume that a freshman who's, who's still in high school is going to be that guy. You have to go to the portal, and then if CJ becomes that guy, then you make that move, right? I personally would love to see Kenny Minchie get that chance to develop, and then CJ also come along next season. But you're going to need some depth there because you're also going to need to go to the portal because if Kenny Minchie beats out Steve Angeli in the spring, for example, is it a guarantee that Steve Angeli stays? I hope he does. I really do hope he does, but it's not a given in today's era. So you also have to bring a portal guy in just for depth purposes in case somebody leaves, even if you have all the confidence in the world, but it's going to change what kind of portal guy you have. But here's the, here's the big caveat, and here's what could potentially change things. Who are the available portal quarterbacks? And what is your, what is your thought of them as players? Because I can sit here and say, and you could sit here and say, well, you know, to me, I'm not bringing in a portal guy because I think I think uh, Kenny Minchie's got all the talent in the world. I agree. Uh, hey, man, I'm not going to the portal because between Kenny Minchie and C.J. Carr, you got all the talent to be a big-time quarterback next year. I agree. In theory, I agree. In that instance – you bring in a, a quality player. And somebody asked about a Jack Cone type. No, because Jack Cone's going somewhere to start. I'm I'm thinking more of a, a Chase Bryce, you know, a guy like him if he had eligibility. Um, a Tristan Gebbia, a guy like Oregon State, a kid that started Oregon State, not that good. Ohio State brought him in just to give depth. You know, a, a guy that maybe wants to get into coaching, something along those lines. So that kind of guy is someone I would want to bring in in, in that type of situation a guy who wants to compete for the starting job, but will, will be okay being a great leader if he doesn't get it, that kind of player. But what if, what if we get into a situation and the guys in the portal, there are big time players that have interest in Notre Dame? Because what we have to also realize is Sam Hartman has changed the game a lot. And it's not just that he's changed the game because of success he's having on the field. I would argue they need to they need to let him loose a little bit more and put up even better numbers. That's my argument. The other part of it is the bigger part of it is Sam Hartman has shown that you can come to Notre Dame and be a star from a perception standpoint and make a lot of money. Let's be real. The vast majority of the deals that Sam Hartman has got as a as an NIL guy and Sam Hartman's making a lot of money right now as an NIL spokesman. How much of that do you really think he has if he's staying still in Wake Forest? Let's be honest about that. 
How much of that do you think he has if he's a fifth-round draft pick in the NFL? You want to know why Sam Hartman didn't go in the NFL? Part of it's for draft purposes, but here's the reality. There's no way he was going to make as much money in the NFL next year or the next three years as he's going to make in one year at Notre Dame. It's just the reality. That's something that a lot, a lot of people thought was there. There's a lot of people that didn't realize that, oh, you can't make money at Notre Dame. Notre Dame doesn't embrace NIL, and I've said that's false. Notre Dame doesn't embrace NIL for high school kids. They've certainly embraced NIL for their current players. Kyle Hamilton made a lot of money at Notre Dame. Michael Mayer made a lot of money at Notre Dame. Sam Hartman's making a lot of money at Notre Dame. The difference is Sam Hartman's okay talking about it and and, and letting Notre Dame do some of the things that he's doing uh, with – you know, the, the beats headphones for the team, the slides for the team and, and all these different things he's doing. It's much more out there now. And that's letting people know. And Caleb Williams said it has, has uh, reportedly his dad has said it. I don't know. They say he said it. I don't know that it's Caleb that said that. I think Caleb's more focused on Arizona right now and his opponents and that stuff is let his dad handle that. It's just fine. It's his dad's job. You know, look, I could go to the NFL next year and make X amount of dollars, or I could stay in college one more year and make even more dollars and and perhaps improve my draft stock. So Sam Hartman has changed the game for Notre Dame in a lot of ways. So when up so when quarterbacks hit the portal next year, they're gonna have this young, charismatic coach who is currently winning a lot of games, and hopefully that continues. A lot of kids want to play for him. The current kids like playing for him a lot. And you've got a quarterback that has become a spotlight guy going from a non-spotlight school to a spotlight school. He's handled it well, making a lot of money. If there are big time guys that jump into portal next year, Notre Dame is going to be a place that they're going to want to look at. Now, some of those guys are going to want guaranteed money and that's fine. And if they want that, then you let them go wherever they get guaranteed money. There's going to be others that are smarter because guys like that aren't smart to me. There's other going to be other guys that are smarter. They're going to say, Hey, look, I want to go win a championship. I want to improve my draft stock, but I also want to make a lot of money. And that's where Notre Dame comes into the equation. So then you say, well, what if a Riley Leonard jumps in the portal? I, I have to rethink my strategy. You know, what if a what if a guy like a, you know, a Sam Hartman from this year, a, a, a Bo Nix from, from a couple years ago, Michael Penix, what if a guy like that jumps in the portal and he likes Notre Dame? All bets are off at that point in time. Because that's the kind of program changer that you understand. Hey, Kenny, hey, CJ, we need you to sit for one more year because we got a chance to go get this guy. If they don't understand it, then they will be unhappy and they'll leave. Most likely they'll understand it and know that they're going to get their chance to battle. So to me, that's that's the thing that has to be kept into consideration as well. You don't necessarily have to say, hey, man, we need a portal guy to be able to say that dude's in the portal. He likes us. We got to make it happen. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The month of October is going to be jam-packed with huge games for Notre Dame. And ticket hunting for those games can be stressful, which is why you need to check out Game Time. 
Whether you're looking for last-minute tickets to this week's top 25 matchup between the Irish and Louisville, or next week when Notre Dame takes on USC, game time is the go-to place for you. That's where I went and got tickets to the Notre Dame-Clemson game for my mom and dad. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's gametime.co. But barring that happening, my personal preference as of right now is to develop the younger players because you have done such a job recruiting that position in recent years that I think you need to, you, you, you kind of owe it to yourself to do that. And we've talked a lot about CJ Carr uh, in recent years. I'm going to actually bring up some, some film of Deuce Knight against IMG here while we're talking. Cause um, you know, I know not all of you have seen Deuce so far as a junior. I thought he did some really good things in this game. You've got Deuce Knight coming down the pike a couple in a couple years. You know, CJ has put in a lot of work as a recruiter for Notre Dame. Deuce is already putting in a lot of work as a recruiter for Notre Dame. You've got Kenny Minchie that that to me throws a gorgeous ball. I I really like Kenny Minchie's ability to throw the football. Uh, and the other thing about Kenny too, which is why I'm more prone to say, hey, you've got to coach this kid up, is because one of the reputations Kenny had coming out of high school. When you look at the Elite 11 stuff and, and people that have talked to him, I had a Notre Dame coach tell me, um, you know, this is one of the smartest kids I've ever met when it comes to just knowledge of the game and instincts and things along those lines. And so I just, when you combine that with his frame, because he's got a bigger frame, so I think he'll be read, physically ready to play earlier if he's willing to put in the work. Uh, but he also has, the, the he can spin it, man. He can really spin it. And I would allow him to get that opportunity to develop next season. And then also you've got CJ coming in. You develop CJ. CJ's going to have – CJ Carr is going to get a lot out of being an early enrollee, more than most big-time quarterbacks. Because to me, CJ needs the most weight room work of other big-time quarterbacks. And that's something that I'm excited about that I think a lot of people are kind of missing the boat is – First of all, CJ's got plenty of arm talent and plenty of arm, arm strength. He's got great arm talent. He's got plenty of enough arm strength to make the throws he needs to make already. But when you get CJ Carr six, seven, eight months in a Notre Dame strength and conditioning program, assuming it's still good, um, which you know we'll have to see who that next hire is, he's, his, his arm strength is going to take off. I'm telling you. it's not. He's not going to all of a sudden look like 
you know, like, 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 uh, you know, Joe Milton, I'm not saying that, right. Let's not get carried away, but, but you add a little bit more zip about five to seven more yards on his deep ball. And CJ is going to be really good. And so between that and Kenny Minchie, I'm at the point now where I'm ready to say, Hey, look, unless there's a dude out there, a Riley Leonard type, a, a Caleb Williams type, you know, a, a Bo Nix type guys that we have seen come in a Sam Hartman type. I'm going to make that. I'm going to, I'm not going to make that move. Uh, you ask about Jack Cohn. I don't know that Jack Cohn would be that kind of guy because Jack only had one year of starting experience under his belt. I would need a guy that's either incredibly talented or has a lot more experience. And, and so that's where I would look. So that's my, you know, people have asked me, that's my, that's my take is you go to the portal this year, no matter what, right now I'm going for a depth, a depth guy. I want to develop Kenny Minchie. I want to develop Steve Angeli and I, de- I want to develop CJ Carr. And then when you get Deuce in the next year, you've got a process of development that's rolling along and then you develop Deuce. And then when he, his time comes, he'll be ready to go out there and do what he needs to do as well. That's what I would do. So barring, barring there being some portal quarterback and somebody just asks, is there anybody out there other than Leonard? I don't know that Leonard's out there. I mean, why would Riley Leonard necessarily want to leave Duke? He's got a good situation going there as well. I'm not saying he'll want to leave. I'm just using him as an example because he's the kid that people were talking about in that show or in that that message board chat. He's that type of guy. A lot of the other court, big-time quarterbacks in the country right now are – I mean, Michael Penix doesn't have any eligibility left. Shador Sanders is not going anywhere other than where his dad's going. I, I believe Cam Ward – has another year left, but why would he transfer again? And that would make him a two-time transfer. So maybe he's a graduate. It might work. Uh, Jaden Daniels is pretty much out of eligibility, I believe, after this season. Caleb Williams isn't going anywhere. He's either going to be playing for USC or playing in the NFL. Uh, you know, so so that's kind of the who who are those other guys? Who are those other guys that you look at and say, boy, if that guy jumps in the portal, I got to take him. Quinn Ewers isn't going anywhere. Here's an example, right? Malik Murphy at Texas tons of talent that guy has a lot of ability you know with Quinn Ewers is going back to college next year is that you know is Malik Murphy going to stay maybe what if Malik stays and he's the guy he beats out Arch Manning and Arch Manning jumps in the portal those are two very talented quarterbacks I'm not touching either one of them if I'm Notre Dame because they're they're unproven they're every bit as unproven as the guys you have so it's not about getting a talented guy it's about getting a guy that is experienced and proven let's say Tyler Van Dyke jumps in the portal I'd consider Tyler Van Dyke. The list is not very long of guys that I would look at. If Jaden Daniels has a year of eligibility left, and I don't know that he does, and he doesn't want to be with Brian Kelly anymore, I think you kind of have to look at him to a degree. There just aren't a lot of guys like that out there right now that I would look at. So to me, my focus would be on developing those players. That's that's where I'm at. And and so I just I, I would say focus on developing your kids unless some dude is out there and he has interest in you. And you got to be careful too, because if you, if you put the full, the full court press on a kid that doesn't necessarily want you and he goes somewhere else that can have some very negative ramifications of it. This is why I wrote the article I did a couple of years ago that's saying Notre Dame should not go after Caleb Williams in the portal because we all knew he didn't want to go. He wasn't going to go Notre Dame. He was going to follow Lincoln Riley or go to some school that was going to give him money. He wasn't going to go to Notre Dame. So why waste the time recruiting a guy you know you're not going to get and risk potentially alienating your current roster and the recruits that you're bringing in? It didn't make any sense. 
And so you got to be careful about that one as well. And so that's why I say Notre Dame right now needs to focus on developing their quarterbacks, but you keep your eye open if that right guy comes along because Notre Dame is at a point now where the roster is such that even with the losses they're going to have next year, you're going to start entering every season with a chance to compete for a championship. The way that Marcus Freeman is, is recruiting, the way this team is already constructed, that you're going to go to the portal to get those missing pieces at a couple positions, safety maybe, maybe wide receiver, to where if you can just get a couple pieces here and there, well, you got a chance to be really, really good. Florida State completely changed their team around this offseason with like three transfers. Ventral Cypress at corner, Braden Fisk at D-tackle, and Keon Coleman at wide receiver. They didn't go out and get 20 guys. They got more than that, but those are the three. Those are the primary. Those are the guys that are really impacting this football team. Notre Dame, look what they've done. Look at the transfers have done for them. Look what Sam Hartman's done for them. Look what Javante Jean-Baptiste has done for them. Uh, look at what uh, Thomas Harper has done for them. It's not a lot of numbers, but it's been guys that have been very, very impactful for Notre Dame. They should continue to do that while also trying their best to develop their own quarterbacks. I think that's the big thing for me, and that would be my my take. People can keep talking about it all they want, but now I'm on record as saying that's my plan. Development, 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 unless there's a dude out there. And if there's a dude out there then you all, and that wants to be at Notre Dame, then you owe it to your team and you owe it to your program to say that's a move that gives us a better chance to go compete for a championship this season. And uh, it's going to have to be that kind of guy. So that's going to do it for this part of the show. I do have three super chats I want to get to here real quick before we get out of here. And then we're going to call it a day. I, I, I hope you guys enjoyed the show today. I had fun. I had fun today, even though my voice is pretty much shot. My throat's uh, throat's a little jacked up. But, hey, well, number 76, no excuses, play like a champion. So let's quickly get to these three questions. Benjamin Weiss with a super chat. Thank you, Benjamin. Appreciate that very, very much. It was off topic. Sorry. When you say Golden turned the D-line loose versus, versus Duke, should have against OSU as well. Can you explain that, please? Isn't their job to get in the backfield into the ball every play? We, we broke this down a lot yesterday. And what I would encourage you to do, Benjamin, is go back and watch the Duke game and how they were utilized, and then go back and watch, watch the NC State game, then go back and watch Central Michigan, and go back and watch Navy and Tennessee State and even Ohio State. And a lot of the impact that they were doing was – at the line of scrimmage. It was eating up blocks, was taking on blocks, was trying to get a hard vertical push through a guy. They were not being turned loose, meaning they were not being used to attack. What we saw against Duke was a lot more winning in gaps at times, beating guys around, not running through guys, but getting around guys. Now you got to take a tight track. And I thought our Washington's group did a really nice job of that, where you're getting into a gap, but you're not letting them wash you down as you try to shoot a gap and they did a really nice job with that, but it was, it was more about instead of being stout and kind of like a, if you, a a great military term would, would, would uh, example would be this. So like you understand the old, um, you see the movies like the old phalanx like formations, right? Where you kind of get the shields together and it's about being as one and it's about taking a step, right? And taking a step and there can be no penetration. We got to get a push. We got to get a push. We got to get a push, but it's like slow and steady and all that. That's what they were doing before, right? Where we're going to be here. We're going to be stout. We're not going to let you throw us. We're going to be really physical at the point of attack. Then there's more of like the aggressive, like the, the blitzkrieg, the, the more, um, the, the, the kind of just dominate, just run through it, get vertical, get penetration, get into enemy territory and cause havoc. 
you think of a, um, you know, you think of how you have a, a, a special forces unit, right? Where it's like, hey, you know, you're, you're, it's not this big old force. It's strong. It's, it's quick strike. It's getting into enemy territory, getting a quick strike and then going. That's kind of the difference right there. And if you watch the Duke game, that's exactly what they did. It was vertical. And even when they were doing twists, Benjamin, it was stuff that was getting twists that was getting up the field. Howard Cross's last big sack was a twist. He was slanting across, but he was physical. He got low and he got vertical through the gap. And that's what they need to do more, a lot more of. So hopefully that answers your question. Zibby94 says, do you feel Sam Hartman is holding on to the ball too long? If so, is this a play calling issue or a Sam Hartman issue? Not really. See, here's kind of what we do as fans, right? We take things that happen at times and then we assume it only happens at Notre Dame. And I'm not saying you're doing this, Zibby94, but this is kind of where I think these things come from. It happens a couple times here. It happens on this particular play. And then it becomes a, 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 it's this big issue. It's really not a big issue. There have been times when Sam Hartman has held the ball too long. No doubt. There have been times when Caleb Williams has held the ball too long. When Quinn Ewers has held the ball too long, when Michael Penix has held the ball too long, and I could go down the line and literally list you every starting quarterback, and that's going to be true at times. Other times that Sam Hartman has held on the ball too long, it's because guys aren't getting open. Either they got jammed at the line, they're not getting open soon enough, because sometimes you can get open, but because you didn't get a good clean release, you got open too late, and the quarterback's off your read. I think at other times, Sam has at times gone through his progressions a little too quickly and didn't stay on a read long enough and then allow it to come open. But there's been times when, you know, you see as a fan, oh, this guy backside got open and Sam's looking over here and he ends up scrambling. Well, that guy wasn't part of the read. The pre-snap read took him here. They got jammed up. They didn't make a play. Defense dropped into something different, whatever the case may be. And then you look back and say, hey, man, um, you know, if you'd have looked over here, maybe he made a mistake. Maybe that read just didn't take him there, and and that is going to cause you to hold on the ball too long. So I have not noticed the Sam Hartman's holding on the ball too long, uh, longer than normal for the most part. Have there been snaps when that's happened? Absolutely. And that's all part of getting on the same page with your group. There's going to always be some of that as well. And and that's something that they're going to have to continue to get better at, in my opinion. He's going to have to get, he's not going to have to get better at the receivers going to have to get better at the offense is going to have to get better at. They're going to have to play with more urgency, play with more speed, more tempo. I think those things will help Sam Hartman out a ton. Joe Medina says surprised that the LSU media is blaming the LSU roster for the team's issues. They're not willing to admit BK is the common denominator. Deja vu. Eh? No, I'm not surprised because I watched the Notre Dame media do that for a decade. I watched Notre Dame fans do that for a decade. Do you know how much hate I used to get on social media? And, and, um, you know, message boards from fans who you're a hater, you know, you're, you just don't like Brian Kelly, you know, you only coach division three football. That's my favorite, right? My favorite is from people who never coach football, uh, saying that, that first of all, I coached at higher levels in division three football, but that's supposed to be some like insult, uh, which is, which always kind of made me laugh. And, it, and there was always be, well, it's, 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 he can't throw the balls for him. He can't block for him. And there's all this Brian Kelly hero worship that made me sick. And part of it was because Brian Kelly wanted that. He was always talking down his team. He was always, you know, Hey, uh, you know, we're here, we're there, you know, we're not sure about this. We're not sure about that. So that way, when the team would go out there and be really good, he could take all the credit. What a great coaching job Brian Kelly did. And you're like, did he really? Did he really do a great job coaching? 
You know, it's like, uh, you know, he did a good job, but did he do a great job? No, he talked the team down so much so that when they were successful, he'd go out there and and be considered this great coach. And so that kind of always just really frustrated the heck out of me, you know, and um, I don't know. It just it just it always bothered me. So I'm not surprised at all that the that the LSU media is doing that in the places I've seen. I'm not surprised that there are some LSU fans. I don't think they're going to carry his water as long as Notre Dame fans and Notre Dame media did, though. I think. I think most of them will turn on him a lot quicker than Notre Dame people did. Uh, but no, I mean, that, that's, that's just, I, and I don't know what it is. I don't know how Brian Kelly got, well, I know how, because it had been so bad for so long that a guy comes in and he's winning X number of games. And you're like, I'm not going to criticize that guy. Like this has been pretty fun. They're winning 10 games, 11 games, 12 games. They've been in two playoff appearances. And, and it's just like what I always said, he, he, lo- he changed the standard at Notre Dame, but he changed it by lowering it. And and that's something that just kind of made me sick, to be honest with you, and really is a reason I, I disliked him. I, I I got pissed when he would blame Sam Sam Mustafer for not snapping effectively in a in a hurricane when in reality you should have been asking Sam Hartman to do Sam uh, Mustafer to do that. You know, there just would always be like, well, it's my fault. I'm the head coach, and then he would list like ten reasons why it wasn't really his fault, and and his complete unwillingness to blame his coaches just always drove me nuts because in his world. If I say a coach is not doing the job, it means he made a mistake and he's just utterly unwilling uh, to, to, to admit he made a mistake. He's the second biggest narcissist that I see in public figure right now. Uh, you know, so it just it drives me absolutely nuts. So, no, I'm not surprised at all that the players are being thrown on the bus. I'll tell you this right now, though. I don't think the, the LSU players are going to handle it as well as Notre Dame guys did. Because Notre Dame players just stopped caring after a while. They're like, look, man, this is the brotherhood. We don't care what fans say. We don't care what the media says. We don't care what, what BK says. We know who we know what, who we are, and we're going to go out there and do what we need to do. And uh, I think LSU fans won't handle it with the – LSU players may not handle it with the same uh, – I don't even want to say it because it's not going to – it's not a shot. It just means I just – it's not that they're not smart enough or don't care enough. It's just more about how I don't think they're going to show the same loyalty – to the program, to the school, to each other, to each other that um, the Notre Dame players did and just keep it to themselves. I think their loyalty is going to manifest itself more publicly, if that's the way I can say it. So, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised at all because we saw this. And this that was the funniest part when Kelly left. All the people that cover the team started saying all the crap about Kelly that I've been saying for years that they used to talk trash about me behind my back about. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, and, uh, is a big reason why our channel took off. Cause there's a lot, I've had a lot of people say like, you know, I didn't like listening to you before cause you were so hard on Kelly, but when he left and everybody started repeating the same things you'd always been saying, he realized like it was a, you know, this is always true. You were just the only one willing to say it. And I'm not the only one, but as far as like being at the bigger sites, I was the only one that really did that with any consistency, but, um, I'm not surprised what's going on at LSU at all. And I'm also not surprised that he's not the coach that they think he is either. Terrence and Ashley Berger with the last super chat. Thank you very much, guys. Let's recap. Hit the like, subscribe, and if you're not on the message board, why not? That's a great question. It's the place to be. Get your husband to sign up, ladies, and you'll get all the wonderful benefits. And this is a quote, a comment here from Ashley Bergen. So appreciate that, Ashley, very, very, very much. And she is correct. Hit that like button, everybody. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell. And if you're not on the message board, why not? you're definitely missing out. So that's going to do it for today's show, everybody. I want to thank you all so very much for being with me today. Uh, It's just a lot of fun. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Ryan and I will have our keys to victory and prediction show. 
I may do a show tomorrow night because Sean Styers will not be able to do um, the IB Nation Sports Talk tomorrow night. So we may do a second show about something tomorrow night. We'll see. You never know. We may we may do something uh, on another channel. I'll have to let you guys know what our what we decide to do. Uh, Nathan went with the super chat. Brian D was always right. Preston guy is not right. PK sucks big time. Thank you for the super chat. Uh, Nathan Milton, for those listening via podcast, I had to read that because Nathan gave a super chat for it. So I had to honor that by reading that out loud. That's not me saying that, but I appreciate you very, very much. Uh, and then, of course, Friday, we will have our recruiting show on Friday. So no mail back on Friday. We had that on Monday. We have our recruiting show on Friday. We'll have the post game show on Saturday from the hotel. Uh, upon further review, Vince and I will be driving back from Louisville on Sunday. We'll be breaking down the film as we take turns driving. And we will have a Sunday night show uh, upon further review, Sunday night show, uh, Breakdown Louisville game. And then we'll be back on track with our Monday mailbag. So have a great one, everybody. And we'll talk to you again very, very soon on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.